This podcast is rated off for realness. Explicit fucking content. Welcome, wrestling fans, to Basement Booker's episode 193. I uh, just want to take a second before we start the show to apologize. I'm a little bit under the weather right now, so if the tempo feels a little bit off, I apologize. But uh, you're in for a treat because we've got the uh, Booker Series matches that we built up from last week. If you don't know what's happening this week, I suggest going back watching episode 192, listening to it, watch it with your brain. And uh, you see how we got up to this point. Of course, you can always go back. You can look at them all. Uh, Jerry on the spot, if this is your first time listening. And I always do this podcast with my friend Rich DeRiz. And he's going to go and he's going to do his thing now. Yeah, here we are. We got Booker Series coming up. But of course, before that, you got to have your appetizers. Appetizers, of course, being, if you don't know, the news, rumors, and bullshit of the week. Uh, first up, according to Pro Wrestling Sheet, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were sent home from the European tour after, in- intentionally or not, it's not yet known, they avoided the scripted post-match attack by the New Day in defense of them beating up Kofi after his match with Sami Zayn. At this point, it's unclear if they forgot the plan or went into business for themselves. Pro Wrestling Sheet is suggesting that they've been, quote, slightly difficult to work with lately, which may be due to them being unhappy as two close friends of theirs, Jimmy Jacobs and Neville, are now gone. Yeah, it sounds just bullshit and rumor. To... Yeah, it's probably just a misunderstanding, but who knows? We will hopefully find out more by next week. Uh, injury news. Sin Cara, big surprise, suffered a knee injury at a live event in Spain last week. From the video I saw, it looked like it happened when he pulled down the rope the top rope for Baron Corbin to go over. It was uh, in a triple threat match that also featured Sami Zayn before he was sent home. Hmm. Sin Cara, different person under the mask, hurt again. That mask is cursed. I don't believe in curses. Well, yeah, fuck curses. I just cursed. Yeah. Uh, PWInsider.com is reporting that WWE released... Tough Enough winner Josh Brendel this past week. He hadn't been active recently due to concussion issues. Should get that fixed. No one that's won Tough Enough has ever been successful. So this, t- take that for what it's worth. This is very true. And that, that does beg the question if if the whole voting system even matters or if... Obviously, winning doesn't matter. Really. No, because it's all a work anyway. We're all getting work. Speaking of releases, James Storm announced on Twitter on Thursday that he has officially left Impact Wrestling. Joining him in announcing their Impact departures this week are Bram and Brian Stifler. Dave Meltzer is reporting that Jinder Mahal was ordered by Vince to drop the title in response to SmackDown's low ratings on Halloween. Eh, it's Halloween. Like, how... How do you really expect to do a full rating when it's halloween it's not like it's fucking uh, a saturday dude it's a tuesday halloween like people do their halloween shit like adults and stuff do it on on the weekend and if you're talking about kids they're back home by eight o'clock on a tuesday it's also a school night depending some of them might stay out later who knows those kids are fucking delinquents most of them are home and the, the ones that are going to watch SmackDown, they're going to be home. So 
It doesn't matter if it's Tuesday. Uh, but I agree that, that uh, kids that are trick-or-treating shouldn't be out that late. Uh, and for anyone interested in a video on Twitter, Paige made a comment alluding that she is now single. She is no longer with Alberto Del Rio. That doesn't mean anything to me. So. That is true. But it is. I feel it's good news for Paige in general for her mental health and well-being. So that's good. No, because she's just going to meet another asshole and fucking put all her eggs in the same basket and fuck up again. Unless she breaks the cycle. She's not going to break the cycle. She's damaged goods. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. As, as long as the internet is alive and well, I can't disagree. According to F4WOnline.com, WWE is planning on scaling back the number of pay-per-views for next year as the current amount doesn't seem to be getting them any more subscribers to the network. Yeah, because they keep putting fucking commercials on. I don't need to see 15-second ads for uh, for tap out when I pay by the month. Seriously. I pay every month for this shit. I pay real fucking money, and I don't want a commercial. And I don't, especially don't want a commercial during pre-show matches I actually want to watch. This is why people don't watch kickoffs, because you put commercials in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, why not just put it on regular TV? So I don't have to pay the 10 bucks a month. And it's the same thing. So this is good news for us, because... the the basement champion will not be defending his championship quite as much. Doesn't matter. I'll defend it every day. Every other day, every other week, which has been which has been the norm. Doesn't change the difference because I have a winning mentality. Nice. But then that's also bad news for us. Then we got to write more and... No, that's bad news for you. Yeah, it is bad news for me. Not bad news for me. I don't have a problem writing. Doesn't take me half a day. I can do it. And you could do it, too. You just have to want to. Here's the thing. I write all day, every day. It's yeah, my, but... It sucks. Maybe you work on your episode while you're editing next time. Because it's fresh in your mind since you're listening to your build-up. And you can just do it while you're listening. It's think that's a, a good idea? It's not a bad idea. I'll, I I'll think see, it's a great idea. I'll see if I can, if I can multitask like that. Because like, if I'm hearing words and I'm typing... I might start typing the words that I hear rather than what's in my brain. Then you'll edit it. Mm, we'll see. Last veggie for you. PWInsider.com is reporting that WWE will be soon signing Rockstar Spud to a contract for 205 Live. Told you. Yeah, it's kind of a follow-up to the news a week or two ago from when he got released that they were interested. So he is currently back home in the UK. Waiting on Visa stuff. And that is your appetizer for this week. Uh, backstage, Angelo Dawkins meets with the SmackDown roster in the locker room area. The air is normally filled with hostile energies between these superstars. But tonight, it's almost like a parallel universe. There are no enemies in this room. Team SmackDown is unified. Both the teams participating in the elimination matches are talking strategy among other things. Zaro. Those people weren't really cannibals, were they? Shouldn't attacking a president be an act of war? It was a valid question. After all, Del Rio was taken away, and it was implied that he would be eaten. Kid Kayak gave it some thought. His team was waiting for an answer. It's not every day that things like this happen, even in the world of professional wrestling. Kid Kayak. You would think kicking the president would be an act of war, but I was given a full pardon. Ronald Crunk is the president, but he is also a fan. Chad Gable's here, and he's got stuff to say. 
Are you guys serious right now? This guy is a joke, and Del Rio might be dead. How is any of this okay? You have to respect the office of the president. Everyone groans as a team and takes their attention away from Kid Kayak to Chad Gable. Gable is understandably a little sore. He won his way onto the SmackDown team by beating Sami Zayn and The Miz, only to be an alternate. All Kid Kayak did was return to civilization like some modern-day folk hero. Roman. Gable, I think you might be a hater. Corbin. I agree with Reigns. Why don't you pick up, pick this up next week when it's business as usual? We have a match to win and your logic has no place here. Chad Gable is visibly annoyed. It's like Bizarro Land. He was outnumbered, but he won't back down. He was arguing his point right now. He was arguing that it, he was arguing, but his point right now is futile. He'll show the world someday, just not today. The team returns their attention to Kid Kayak to hear about his time away. Gable joined them. If anything, maybe he could learn something. The women, well, that was another story entirely. Their sole focus, their sole focus was strategy. Nia Jax was standing next to a corkboard. On it were every participant in the female elimination match connected by color-coded threads. The team looked on intently as Nia guided them through what she believed would be the keys to victory. Everyone stopped what they were doing. It was the SmackDown GM and Kane. No one dared ask where the giant gong came from or how it even got there without anybody noticing it getting there. It was enormous. I just wanted to say a few words to you guys before you go out there tonight and hand Monday Night Raw their own asses. You all are the best there is in the business today, so go out there and win. Don't do it for SmackDown or even for me. Do it for yourselves. This is the proving ground. This is where we win, and this is where they are humbled. The locker room applauds, Dawkins, and cheers. Chad Gable stands up and yells, SmackDown! The room is filled with a deafening silence. He then drops the straps down of his singlet and runs out of the room like a maniac yelling, SmackDown! Kane, what the heck? Well, you have to admire his enthusiasm. In any case, I'd wish you guys luck, but I think we're going to do just fine. And that's the end of the segment. Good. It turns out that we were like exactly on the same page when it came to writing. Because I have a backstage segment, but I worked it into. You'll see. Okay. <coughs> the, uh, you know, the Gable thing. Gotcha. Right. Howard Finkel comes out to do the introductions for our first match. Authors of Pain versus the Lucha Dragons. As both teams make their way to the ring, the announcers talk about the impact the Authors of Pain have had since bursting onto the Raw raw tag team scene, being so bold as to insist that they go through every team on the show before challenging for the tag titles. Sin Cara and Akum start, and predictably, Sin Cara tries to outquick the big man, but his strikes have seemingly no effect. Akum hits a few power moves, then carries Sin Cara over to his own corner to tag in Razor and hand off the luchador. Before exiting the ring, though, Akum runs over to Kalisto and knocks him off the apron, showing surprising speed for someone his size. Razor hits a few more power moves on Sinkara, then carries him over to the Lucha Dragon Corner and forces Sinkara to tag in Kalisto, who's back on, who's back up on the apron, but now looks confused. 
Police don't land a few punches and kicks and a few rope-assisted kind of flippy moves, but Razor swats him away on the last attempt. He tags Aiken back in, grabs Kalisto, Razor grabs Sinkara, and they nail the Super Collider. Then hit the last chapter on Kalisto for the win, hardly having broken a sweat. Paul Ellering steps into the ring with a mic and a book that he's presumably quoting from. Two by two, all will fall to my authors of pain. Billy Kay versus Natalia is next. Billy Kay and Natalia are battling out to become the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship. The problem is that champion happens to be Nia Jax. Billy Kay has the upper hand because she's just younger and better and hotter than Natalia, which isn't saying much. She wins with her finisher, the K by. That's what she calls it here. That's that's it. Mean Gene comes out to announce the participants for our next match, a fatal four-way to determine the number one contender for Austin Aries United States Championship. Rusev versus Ryback versus Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. As they head to the ring, Michael Cole details how despite losing to Brock Lesnar in their cage match a while back, Kevin Owens has had the best run of all of them lately, but Rusev is determined to earn himself another rematch. When the bell rings, Owens ducks out, looking to avoid damage early, but he left an odd number of, of participants in the ring, and Seth rolls out after him and chases him around the ring, but Owens stops him in his tracks with a kid to the midsection. Meanwhile, inside, the big guy and the Bulgarian brood are hammering each other, going shot for shot. Back outside, Owens takes advantage of Seth being doubled over from the gut shot by taking him out at the knee, hoping to make the proverbial one-legged man in NASCAR contest. As Seth is riding around, Owens grabs a steel chair and destroys it with Seth's knee. With Seth out, at least for the moment, Owens grabs another chair and goes back in the ring, where he takes out Ryback with a shot to the back. Owens and Rusev double-team Ryback until Owens suggests to Ryback that he lock him in the accolade. Owens goes outside, hits Seth one more time with the chair for good measure, then drops the chair, grabs brass knucks out of his pocket, and slams Rusev in the back of the neck with them. Rusev is down and not moving. Owens must have remembered the, the war Rusev had with Lawson Aries a while back where he got hit in the neck with a TV monitor, putting him out of action for a few weeks. Rusev still hasn't moved, and the refs are checking on him, asking him if he can move his fingers. It's not looking good for the brute. Owens, meanwhile, hits the pop-up powerbomb on Ryback and drops into the pin for the three to win the number one contendership. Okay, I see what you're doing. Next up, Michael Buffer announces the entrance for our first Booker Series elimination match of the evening. Team Raw, captained by the women's world champion, Bailey, along with Asuka, Sasha Banks, Emma, and Peyton Royce, versus Team SmackDown, captained by the women's champ, Nia Jax, Charlotte, Paige, Becky Lynch, and Liv Morgan. Sasha starts the match versus Liv Morgan, who tries to counter Sasha's experience advantage with speed, but that doesn't work out too well for her until she dodges a shoulder block in the corner and tags in Charlotte. Woos! Fill the arena for the nature girl, and these two are no stranger to one another. They lock up, but Sasha gets behind Charlotte and tries to take her down, but Charlotte is by far the superior grappler, and she twists the Boston native up in knots. Charlotte locks in the figure four near her corner, tags in Nia Jax, and transitions into the figure eight while Nia Jax hits the ropes and comes down on Sasha with a leg drop. Charlotte finally breaks the hold at four, but the damage has been done. Just in case, though, Nia hits the ropes again, this time hitting a running senton on the boss, 
and scores the first elimination for her team. Asuka looks like she wants to get in, but Peyton Royce beats her to it. Nia Jax tags out to Paige, who locks up with Peyton, but outclasses her with her chain wrestling. Paige goes to the PTO, but Asuka runs in to break it up, and both corners clear, and with the one-person advantage they have, Nia Jax is able to hit a splash on Peyton, squashing her hopes of a comeback. And Paige gets the pin, and puts her team up 5-3. to three. Hmm. Asuka starts shouting at Bailey in Japanese, and then in English finally says, Put me in! And Bailey nods. Asuka sees Paige across the ring from her. Asuka charges in, but Paige tags out to Becky, and it's clear that the SmackDown team have formulated a plan and are executing it to perfection so far. Asuka out-wrestles Becky and gets her in an armbar, dragging her over to her corner, and Emma tags herself in, and Asuka doesn't look happy, like a lion that just had its prey stolen. Emma works over the arm of Becky, gets her down, and locks in a Fujiwara armbar, but Nijax comes in and breaks that up, causing Asuka and Bailey to charge Team Blue, but they're outnumbered 4-2 to two now, besides the two legal women, and are promptly tossed outside. Becky tags in Charlotte, and Emma goes to tag out, but Charlotte grabs her before she can and drags her back to her corner. Asuka still looks pissed on the apron. Charlotte works over Emma a bit, tags to Naya, and sets Emma up for the moonsault in her corner. After Charlotte hits the moonsault, Naya hits the running leg drop and gets the pin, putting SmackDown's women up 5-2. to two. Asuka's freaking out and shouting at Bailey again, and Bailey tries to, to go into the ring, but Asuka grabs her and shoves her to the floor outside and enters the match in her place. Nia tags out to Liv Morgan, who is now rested from starting the match for her team earlier. Liv is known for being able to take a punch, but not an Asuka punch. Asuka hits her strike combo and that finishes with a spinning back fist, and Liv is down so quick that her team didn't even have time to run in, and the ref counts three. It's now four to two, and Asuka still looks hungry. Nia realizes that her team will be picked off one by one if she doesn't do something to slow Asuka's momentum, and enters the match herself. The women are evenly matched, with Asuka's striking ability countered by the sheer size and power of Nia Jax. But Nia manages to get the upper hand, and she has Asuka down. Nia goes for the leg drop, but Asuka rolls out of the way, gets behind her, and locks in the Asuka lock. Nia manages to roll onto her stomach and push herself up to her feet. Push herself to her feet, though, showing just how formidable her size and strength are, and walks her to the corner with Asuka on her back and tags in Paige. Asuka takes Paige down immediately with a Fujiwara armbar, but the Brit makes it to the ropes for the break. Bailey is back on the apron now, cheering on Asuka, obviously keeping her eye on the prize. Asuka gets Paige to her corner, and Bailey puts her hand out to tag, and Asuka reluctantly does so. Bailey, however, isn't playing games and hits her shoulder block in the corner, her shoulder block in the corner move, and follows up with a quick Bailey to Bailey for three. And SmackDown's lead has been cut to three to two. Becky comes in next, and Bailey tries to surprise her with a quick Bailey to Bailey, but she fights out of it and gets Bailey down to disarm her. But Oscar runs in to break it up, then knocks Paige off the apron and tries to hit Nia, but Nia grabs her arm and hangs it up across the top rope. Nia pulls Oscar out of the ring and hits a fallaway slam on the outside. Meanwhile, Bailey's arm is hurting from the disarmer, but she's stomping a mud hole in Becky in the corner. Bailey gets her up for the belly to belly, but her arm is too hurt and Becky fights out of it. Becky, also hurting, tries to tag in Charlotte, but Bailey grabs her around the waist, sucks it up, and hits a belly to belly. Charlotte tries to run in, but Asuka is now up on the outside and grabs a leg, preventing the pin breakup, and it's two to two. Charlotte runs in, hoping to get the element of surprise, and hits Bailey from behind, then rolls her up for two. They get up at the same time, Bailey hits a hard forearm that stuns Charlotte, allowing her to tag out to Asuka, 
who hits her strike combo, combo, downing the nature girl, but only for a two count. Charlotte gets back up and tries to get to her corner, but Asuka grabs her leg, locks it behind her, and hits the Asuka plex and a side press for two. Nia looks nervous on the apron. On the other side, Bailey looks hopeful. Both are cheering their partner on. Asuka goes to pick Charlotte up, but gets poked in the eye, and Charlotte rolls her up for two. Charlotte grabs Asuka by the hair and drags her closer to her corner to tag in Nia, who takes advantage of Asuka's temporary one-sided blindness to hit some stiff strikes that have her rocked. Nia picks her up for a Samoan drop, but Asuka wiggles out of her clutches, kicks her in the back of the knee, and leaps over to tag in Bailey. Bailey knocks Nia, locks Nia in the sleeper hold that she beat her with an NXT. Nia looks like she's fading, but manages to stumble backwards into the turnbuckle, and Bailey's grip loosens just enough so that she can gulp some air and hit it two more times, finally breaking the hold. Nia tags back out to Charlotte, who immediately goes for the figure four, but Bailey kicks her off and, and tries to crawl to her corner. Charlotte tags Nia back in, then runs back to prevent Bailey from tagging Asuka. Charlotte grabs Bailey in a front face lock, preventing her from uh, any forward motion, while Nia drops an elbow on the small of the back of Bailey, and Raw's women's champ looks like she's fading. Charlotte is finally out on the apron, and Nia drags Bailey to the middle of the ring, which hits a leg drop, but only gets two, thanks to Asuka making the save. Asuka goes back to her corner, but drops to the floor and comes around, and comes around to Charlotte, and pulls her off. They start brawling, but Bailey's already taking a lot of punishment on the inside, and Nia hits another leg drop for two, and it's two to one for SmackDown. Asuka doesn't seem to realize, and she's still so focused on brawling with Charlotte that Nia Jax is able to hit her from behind, and Asuka is down. The ref's count is now at six, and Nia grabs Asuka and tosses her into the ring. Nia tags Charlotte in, who looks satisfied that she can take her time, since they're down to just one opponent. She stomps Asuka, limb by limb, paying homage to Ronnie Garvin. Charlotte looks down at Asuka, then over at Nia, who nods. Charlotte tags in Nia, then goes back to Asuka and locks in the figure four, bridging into the figure eight, and Nia hits a running leg drop. Charlotte breaks at four again and heads outside, letting Nia finish the job. Nia Jax hits another running leg drop, then a running senton for good measure, and gets the pin with a back press. One, two, three, and Team SmackDown Women beat Team Raw Women. Nice. Bert, I couldn't have uh, written it better myself. Because it's really long. I probably <laughs> wouldn't have gone that far. It's good. Uh, I, I had to try to make everyone look good. Yeah. And, you know, like, knowing who was going to get the pin on who and everything for the last one, that was it was like, a, like that's the goal. Dean Ambrose and Randy Orton versus The New Day. The winner is the best tag team in professional wrestling. The prize, this trophy, we haven't decided what the fuck it looks like. doesn't matter. There's a trophy. Uh, the following conversation takes place during the entrances. It's a big fight feel here, ladies and gentlemen. The two best teams in our sport. To prove themselves the best in the world, they must work as one. That's right, Morrow. Randy Orton and Dean Ambrose are billed at a combined weight of 475 pounds. The New Day will be represented by Big E and Kofi Kingston will build at a combined weight 497. Size advantage definitely does go to the New Day's Big E. But you gotta remember, JBL, the team of Randy Orton have beaten the team of the Big Bullies on multiple occasions. The Big Show is the world's largest athlete. They don't call him that for nothing. Ma, I've been in the ring with show. 
I know firsthand, but I've never been in the ring with the team of the New Day. These guys are like brothers. Ambrose and Orton are complete opposites. They're barely holding it together. These are all valid points, JBL. Sounds like either team can win. There's a 50-50 chance here. Orton and Ambrose perform a coin toss. Orton wins, so he chooses to go first. It's game time. Regardless of their feelings for each other, they know it's do or die. In the New Day corner, Kofi, Big E, and Xavier Woods choose Kofi Kingston as he and Orton have history. They lock up with Orton getting the upper hand, putting Kofi in a headlock. Kofi slips out because he's extra greasy for some reason. And he shoves Orton forward as Xavier jumps up and taunts from the apron. It's not going to work, Randy. Your routine is tired. Get that mess out of here. Randy tries to reach for Kofi, but Woods quickly jumps down. Wait, okay. Randy tries to reach for Woods, but he quickly jumps down. Kofi takes the opportunity to get Orton from behind with a kick to the head and drops him. He then takes Randy to the New Day corner and starts putting the boots to him. Big E tags himself in and scoops Orton up and drops him on his back, right in the center of the ring. Squash me! That's Xavier Woods. Big E hits the ropes with the intention of performing a splash on Orton, while Ambrose looks on. His eyes on Woods mainly. Orton rolls out of the way as Big E splashes the mat. Will Orton make the tag? Orton makes the tag to Ambrose, and Ambrose is ready to go. Ambrose goes after Big E with punches, and Big E is on his knee trying to stand up. Ambrose shoves Big E backwards and then kicks him in the, in the stomach. And then he, he asks Big E to hang on a second and rolls to the outside and attacks Xavier Woods. He pulls his stupid New Day vest over his head and throws him into the steps before Kofi can get to him. He slides back into the ring. This gives Big E time to tag Kofi back in. Kofi is in. And he runs at Ambrose. Ambrose says, bring it, bitch. Orton blind tags himself in and Ambrose is pissed. The ref sh throws up the tag motion again and tells Ambrose to exit. A Orton shrugs at Ambrose, who is irate. Orton is in and he fights with Kofi while E recovers on the outside. Kofi hits a trouble in paradise and goes for the pin, but Orton kicks out at two and a half. Orton needs to make a tag. Ambrose is itching to get tagged in, but Kofi, he tags Big E in. Big E goes to work on Orton until Orton is able to turn it around with that backbreaker. Big E is a big dude, so it took a lot out of him. Orton needs to make the tag. He goes to tag Ambrose in, but Ambrose flips him off and he drops down from the apron. Orton can't believe it. No one can believe it. What the hell is this nutcase doing? This is about brand supremacy, not personal bullshit. This can't be happening. Ambrose is walking out on Orton. He's walking out on SmackDown. He's leaving through the crowd. Dawkins must be besides himself. Orton is yelling at Ambrose to come back, but it's not happening. Big E and Kofi continue to double team Orton, and it's just too much. Big E hits the big ending, and it's the new day. The winners of the trophy 
and best tag team in the professional wrestling. Cut to Dawkins' office. God damn it. Kayak. Shit. Kane. Mother. So that just happened. (laughs) We're still in this, guys. We can still beat Raw. It's tied now. I didn't come back to the civilized world just to let you down, Dawkins. We have a plan. Team SmackDown's going to win this. I'm sure you're right. I've got to find out what happened with Ambrose. Get my old contacts on it. It's John Cena versus Finn Balor in a steel cage. John Cena is the face that runs the place, and he's got a new attitude as he takes on the demon Finn Balor. John Cena throws his power moves all over the place, and he's really taking Finn Balor to the woodshed. The demon is definitely an otherworldly figure akin to The Undertaker or even the big red machine Kane. He's fighting back, taking everything Cena can throw at him. Even using the cage as a weapon, both superstars giving it everything they got. Exhausted, they start their climb to the top. This is of course done over a period of time. I don't, I don't have time for moves. <laughs> Finn Balor is ahead with Cena right behind him trying to pull Balor down as he climbs up behind him. The two of them are brawling at the top. Trading shots with John Cena is not a great idea. He's got the size advantage. But Finn Balor can take all of it and he head kicks John Cena somehow on top of a cage. Cena is down. He's on, he's on the mat. All Balor has to do is climb down the cage and he wins this. But he's not doing that. He's not finished. He wants to put this. He's going to end this between him and John Cena once and for all so he can move on with his life. What is this? What, what is he doing? The coup de grace Cena from the top of the steel cage. He's not moving. Balor exits the cage. It's over. Balor wins. The demon wins. Backstage here. Holy shit. That match. What a match, you guys. Dawkins says, I don't want to fight that guy. Kane says, which one? Kayak says, yes. Kane, good answer. That's that. That's the end of that. So, what title was that in Among Tennis for? The world title? To fight Baron Corbin nice. at the next SmackDown show. Finn and Corbin, looking forward to that. Yes, for for the for the strap. Ah, Bruce Buffer is our guest announcer for our main event of the evening. Team Raw, co-captained by the global champion AJ Styles, the U.S. champ Austin Aries, along with Shinsuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe. And Brock Lesnar versus Team SmackDown, co-captained by the WWE Champion Baron Corbin and the IC Champion Elias, along with Roman Reigns, Kid Kayak, and Cesaro. Elias doesn't come out when his music hits, and the rest of the team already out there look confused. We cut to a cameraman backstage who is running, and it comes upon some lighting supports and equipment cases strewn about where they're not supposed to be, and the camera shows Elias. Dawkins and Kane are on scene. Oh, Elias is like down on the floor, unconscious. Mm. I kind of assumed that when I wrote that, but I didn't write that. So that's yeah, fine. Fixing it right now. There you go. Dawkins and Kane show up on the scene, looking down in shock. Dawkins tells Kane to go find Gable. They need him. Kane rushes off, but as soon as Kane is out of frame, Gable's music hits, and out he comes. The camera switches back to the scene where medical personnel are treating Elias. Dawkins looks suspicious, but then focuses on the condition of his his Intercontinental Champion, seemingly confident in his backup. 
Baron Corbin, the last man announced as WWE Champion, gets to the ring unaffected by the change in plans. Cesaro and Nakamura start, and with their experience, neither man gets a significant advantage over the other until Nakamura hits a solid kick to the side of Cesaro's head, and he rolls outside to take a moment. Nakamura does his taunt thing, Come on! And the Swiss Superman runs into the ring, but stops short of Nakamura to tag out to Roman Reigns. The no-nonsense Samoan charges right at Nakamura, who hits the knee, uh, who hits the knee of the gut that was originally meant for Cesaro, but it doesn't seem to affect the chest pad wearer. Nakamura hits his strike combo, finally getting a reaction out of Roman, who backs into his corner, and Corbin tags himself in. Corbin and Nakamura trade strikes, but Corbin gets the better end of the exchange. He hits deep six and gets two. Nakamura tries to crawl to his corner, but Corbin grabs his ankle and drags him back. He tags in Roman, then holds Nakamura up for a Roman spear that gets two. Roman waits until Nakamura struggles to his feet before hitting a Superman punch and covering Nakamura for the three and the first elimination. Mm. Austin Aries comes in next, and Corbin tags out to Chad Gable, who looks eager to prove himself after winning a qualifying match only to be named an alternate when SmackDown general manager Angela Dawkins managed to bring Kid Kayak back from the land of the savages. Gable and Aries show off their chain wrestling ability with Gable getting the upper hand and hitting a series of German suplexes on the southpaw. Gable comes back for more, but Varen hits a thumb to the eye and tags out to Brock. Gable looks up at Brock with his good eye and tries to run back to his corner, but Brock grabs him by his singlet and gives him a tour of Suplex City. One F5 later, and Gable is done and we're tied at four. Brock looks like he's just getting warmed up, and Corbin comes back in. Brock grabs him, hits a German suplex, and another, and Corbin takes a walk to the outside. Brock gives chase around SmackDown's side of the ring, and when he passes Cesaro, Brock eats a boot to the face that has him rocked. Corbin rolls him inside and gets two. Corbin tries to set up for the end of days, but Brock counters with a belly-to-belly. Joe tags himself in and locks in the Kikina clutch, but Corbin fights out and tags out to Roman. The two big men trade fists in the middle of the ring, and Roman gets the upper hand. His recent mean streak has been paying off. He gets Joe down in the corner and starts stomping. Roman tags in Kid Kayak, who comes in and hits a paddle kick when Joe gets up and gets the three. AJ Styles comes in and outquicks Kid Kayak, setting him up for the phenomenal forearm, but Kayak ducks out of the way towards his corner and tags in Cesaro. The two indie darlings chain wrestle, showing their stuff, and AJ eventually gets the upper hand after a strike combo, sending Cesaro reeling. AJ tries to go behind, but Cesaro is the better grappler, and he regains the upper hand, getting AJ in an ankle lock. AJ turns over and shoves Cesaro back into his corner, where Kayak tags himself back in, and AJ tags out to Ares. Ares charges right into a paddle kick, and the U.S. champ is eliminated. Mmm. It's crazy. Brock's done kidding around and comes in, and Kid Kayak tags out again, to Roman Reigns this time. The big men charge at each other, and Roman is striking with absolute malintent, but Brock is just too strong for him. Brock sets him up for an F5, but Corbin runs in to prevent it. Brock is distracted by Corbin, chasing him around the ring and to the outside, but Cesaro runs in and drags Roman back to his corner. Corbin gets back, on, back to the apron and tags Roman, making himself the legal man, and he pounces on Brock when he gets back into the ring. Brock's in trouble and Corbin stays on him, but he knows he won't be able to hit the end of days on the bigger, heavier former UFC champ. With Brock in trouble, Corbin shoves him into his corner so he can tag AJ in, thinking that he can hit the end of days on him, then they can all work on Brock together. AJ comes to Corbin, 
fighting for his life in this four-on-two situation. Corbin eventually hits, uh, kicks AJ away and swats blindly at his corner, tagging in Kid Kayak. Kayak comes in and eats a phenomenal dropkick. AJ then sets Kayak up for the calf crusher, but his long arms paddle him to the rope to break the painful hold. AJ then hits the Styles Clash and gets a three on Kid Kayak. Immediately after the ref's arm hit the mat the third time, Corbin runs in and hits AJ from behind. Corbin hits deep six and only gets two after Brock breaks it up, but Roman runs in, it's a huge spear on Brock, driving him back to back and out to the floor, which leaves Corbin to hit the end of days on AJ Styles, and the WWE Champion eliminates the Global Champion. Brock looks like he's nursing bruised ribs or worse, but he's ready to fight all three men if he has to. He goes straight to Corbin, but Roman and Cesaro intercept him and start beating on the Beast. The ref gets his count up to four, and they duck out, and Corbin leaps on Brock, trying to keep up their momentum. Corbin goes for another stinger splash in the corner, but gets caught, and Brock gets him up on his shoulders for an F5, and the WWE Champion is eliminated. Roman immediately runs in and bowls over Brock, raining down fists on the bigger man. Brock shoves him off, but with some difficulty due to the injured ribs... Oh. Brock shoves him off, but with some difficulty due to the injured ribs. Roman sets up for a spear, but Brock hits him in the face on the way in. He hits a German suplex and another, and his ribs are bothering him so he doesn't go for a third. Brock instead hits an F5, and Roman's out. And it's 1-1. We're down to just Brock and Cesaro. Brock gets up and looks at Cesaro on the apron, and the lights go out. We hear a weird buzzing throughout the arena like flies on the PA system, and two spotlights come on. One on Brock's now prone body in the center of the ring, and one on Bray Wyatt in the corner, with Dolph Ziggler crouched at his feet. The lights go out again, we hear Bray laugh over the PA system, and all the lights are back up. Cesaro looks like he hasn't moved, but he knows when he should move, and he leaps into the ring and pins Brock to get the win for Team SmackDown. Yeah, that's it, right? Yeah. Okay, hang on. D'Angelo Dawkins comes from the backstage area and he's 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 at the top of the ramp with Kane and they're both they're applauding Cesaro. Dawkins asks for a microphone. You know, I I'm kind of having problems here with what happened, but hey, a win's a win. And I'm sure whatever hole uh Riz is living in right now, where he's hiding, I'm sure he agrees. All's fair in uh, brand war. I want to say a big congratulations to the New Day. And for the record, Dean Ambrose, you will be dealt with. There is nowhere you can hide where I won't find you. Because I am a man of many talents. As for Team Raw, you guys... You guys did great. You're all great. But you're not SmackDown great. You're Raw great. And that's just fine for Monday nights. And to the ladies and everybody else who participated, good job, everybody. And we'll catch you guys on SmackDown. Get home safe. And under your seats, you will find nothing. This, <laughs> this, this event was not sponsored by anybody don't forget to validate your parking that's it it's the end <sighs> i had to put that there
Not bad. That that was good. I don't think you had to do that for five hours, though. I think if you wanted to, you you, you didn't have to. You, you know, it was good. You know, but I don't understand. Like, did you watch wrestling matches or something? Did, did you watch wrestling? How did you? What do you mean? Why did it take me so long? How did you do it in such detail? What was your inspiration? Um, well, for each match, I knew what the finish was going to be. So it was just ma- about getting there. And it's like, okay, so who, who, can, who, who can lose so this person can win? Hmm. But how, how do I make them lose without making them look weak? Yeah. So I feel like I had to go into some detail with that rather than just saying, oh, okay, Austin Aries, the U.S. champ, just got eliminated. Oh, AJ Styles, the... The global champ just got eliminated. No, that's, you know, it's, you got to build them up. I appreciate you protecting Kid Kayak, but he didn't have to go over your champion. Well, I mean. It's fine. It was, yeah, I mean, it's not like it was a one-on-one match. Yeah. Kid Kayak certainly didn't do all the work. Yeah, because he, he's not like, uh, I forgot the word. But yeah, he's not like that, that guy, you know. I think he's won like three matches since he started. That's all right. Listen, I told you, I'm a Kid Kayak fan. I get it. So I he got two eliminations, which is pretty good. Mm. But of course, he didn't do all the work for either of them. In fact, I don't think for those two eliminations, I don't think he did even a third of the work. He mm. just hit the pack. I don't, I don't know fractions and thirds. and It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I don't know right. why you're doing this. <laughs> he, he hit the paddle kick after a whole bunch of other work was done. And... His team got the Duke. He ended up getting eliminated. Which is good. Mm-hmm. This is good. Everything went the way I wanted it to go. Good. And we and honestly, as far like as far as thinking ahead, we didn't communicate nearly enough. All you said was protect Kid Kayak and I was I was going to anyway. Yeah. So this went well. Yeah, you asked me about Gable and I, I told you what's a, a suggestion, but you knew that was what you're gonna do anyway, mm-hmm. which is fine, because you didn't even know about the segment that I made. Nope. So it's good. Overall, I think it was a successful uh, free pro listen. Yeah, I got a rant now. Okay. And this has nothing to do with our uh, free pro listen. This has to do with scumbag spoilers. Okay. Let me let me lay the story down for you guys. You know this Monday. This week, all of the wrestling was overseas. So, of course, things are going to happen earlier than we get to watch them because we're not watching them live for once in a while. And, you know, we got new tag team champions on Raw. Fine. Great. You know, I'm not even going to say that saying there's a spoiler on your social media is a spoiler. I guess that's a given. That's not my problem. My problem is when someone considers themselves your family and they fucking spoil the biggest title change in recent memory by changing their fucking Facebook cover profile to Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles. 
your brother does a fucking wrestling podcast. You don't think that he cares about that happening? Let me let me draw a picture for you. When you watch wrestling, you spend you every week you're watching it. Every fucking pay per view is the title gonna change? Is it gonna be this one? Nah, it's not gonna be this one. Shinsuke didn't do it. This guy didn't do it. I really didn't think AJ Styles was gonna win the match, but then to find out, it's taken from me. You fucking stole from me my payoff. Jinder Mahal won the championship how long ago? I thought he was gonna keep it for fucking ever. It was just taken away from me. And what do you do? You fucking put a shrug emoji. You couldn't even say you were sorry. And you know what else? You know what else? When you, you, I take the time to wish you a happy birthday. You don't even respond to it at all. You respond to everyone else, every fucking body else, but not me or your mother. I'm saying this because you're not even going to fucking listen to this shit. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what I fucking did to you. But I'm sorry for whatever the hell that is. But maybe you owe me a real apology. Okay? How about that? Why, why'd you do that, man? You just couldn't wait. Or maybe... Oh, maybe it's just you didn't think about it. That's right. You know what? That's a better excuse. You didn't think about it. Because you don't think about me. That's my... That's my rant. And the rant. I'm sorry, it got a little hot. I'm I'm going through a lot right now. There's a lot going on right now with me in my life. Don't even listen. Maybe, maybe you are listening. What do you think about that? You got my phone number? You got Messenger? But it doesn't matter because you don't have the time. So what do you think about AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar for the nothing? Uh, this is it's interesting. It is in its own way. It, it's a dream. I mean, every every new WWE guy that AJ Styles faces is a dream match. Is this better than Jinder Mahal versus Brock Lesnar? Certainly. Um, I'm curious if this will play out to where um, Jinder's plan was to get Brock Lesnar pissed off, and then oh shit, I lost the title. I, I guess I can't fight Brock, and then he he just wins it back, and that was his plan the whole time. And then, and then he'll be a two-time champion? I don't know, man. He tried to kill the Singh brothers. I mean, that looked legit. Like, he was really mad at them. That's true, but, you know, wouldn't that just add to the illusion? Maybe. But I kind of think... So John Cena's not going to be refereeing the match anymore. Because he's on Team SmackDown. Because the rumor was that he was going to referee... Jinder Mahal versus Brock Lesnar. Well, theoretically, he still could, but you're right. He's probably not anymore. I haven't heard anything about that rumor um, in about a week. Because so. my theory was... Well, for starters, I don't think AJ Styles is going to beat Brock Lesnar. But if he does beat Brock Lesnar, something something's going to happen. That's Whoever is going to be next to feud with Brock is going to get in the, in the way. But I was thinking, if John Cena still refereed that match, that you would get the John Cena heel turn, where he fucking we st- sticks he he screws AJ Styles out of the match, 
and then he fights AJ Styles for the championship to try to get that. Uh, and he cheats to win to to break Flair's record. Wow. I mean, it's not going to happen. That in its own way is homage to Flair. Right? Cheating. Exactly. I love it. So, who knows? It's not going to happen, but it's something to think about. What about the potential now that James Storm is gone from TNA? Maybe he will take up that offer to go to NXT or WWE. I don't know, man. I mean, do they're going to take him back? Do they want him? Uh, I, I don't think he left on bad terms. I think he's in a place where he can really wrestle anywhere he wants. Absolutely. You know, I um, mean, I'll be fine with him showing up, but we'll see. Because NXT is going to be turning into, like, Impact Zone or whatever they called it. I hope not. But who knows? I mean, it's better, obviously, for him. But he could he, he could wrestle anywhere. Anybody be happy to have him. Mm-hmm. Ring of Honor would probably be a better spot for him, I think. Sometimes Possible. people... Some, yeah, because I feel like in NXT, he wasn't... like I think he had like four matches, if that, televised. I think he only had like maybe one or two matches televised. Maybe, maybe I think it might even be just one, but I don't want to, I don't want to overstress my memory here. Like, it didn't look to me like he was having a good time. I don't know. I think, um, well, I, I can't really speak to that, but if I remember correctly, again, my memory thing, um, I think the reason why he declined the offer to join NXT was because he was looking for, uh, some additional, some like, some stability he wanted to like stay in one place for his family right and impact was doing that for him at the time nxt he thought was doing it but then they told him oh you know we're gonna start touring and he's like ah well shit sorry thanks for the match see you later well my guess now since he has to look out his family he's gonna fucking change his tune maybe moving to florida won't be such a bad idea and then you could go touring just do it yeah you're going to wrestle for almost the same amount of people, and maybe more. Well, how old is James Storm? He's in his 40s, right? He's got to be. Late 30s, early 40s. Let me see. How much time that do you have? Out. He is 40, on the spot. That's Jerry. So, you know, <laughs> it could be... Just get the money now and, and save it. I don't know how the guy is with his money. But any of those guys, you get the contract, you get the offer, just do it. Just go do whatever. Just figure it out. Because it's either you wrestle. NXT is safer. But, you know, at the same time, anything anything can happen. If he could somehow get a deal, I don't think they would agree to it. Because of like what they're trying to do with NXT now. But if he could possibly talk them into a deal where... He can only work like the televised shows, like basically do the Orlando tapings and then not tour except for the takeovers, which is, you know, once every three months, give or take. I, I then I think that w- that would be great for him. I don't think they will go for that idea because part of it is building the touring brand. And if a top star is only appearing on the televised stuff, then he's not really helping bring in money to support to support the team on on the tours yeah i was gonna say he's not gonna become a champion right not that he cares i don't know if he does or doesn't who knows um related note uh i read that 
uh, Austin Aries said on the Jericho, I think it was the Jericho podcast. He said that he, um, his leaving really had nothing to do with the uh, WrestleMania DVD. Uh, he he said that he and all most of the talent is often paid to tweet something to promote it. So that he said that was the case with the WrestleMania DVD. And then when he tweeted it, he realized, oh shit, I'm not even on this DVD. And then that was why he said, uh, here, buy this DVD, even though one of the best matches isn't on it. And then he forgot about it. He wasn't, like, he wasn't even thinking, he, he says he wasn't thinking about royalties. Like, he did that tweet, and then forgot about it. That's fair. So, I'm curious why he did leave. I... Now that, that, now that that's a no... I want to know what the yes is. I think it's because he didn't want to be on 205 Live. I think that's the case. If that, you know, the, the, the ropes are purple. The lights are purple. It's a joke. Jerry on the spot doesn't watch. I don't like it. It's not good. It's not good. You, I'm not saying you don't have good guys on it. I'm just saying it sucks. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it sucks. I'm not saying it sucks because of the guys. I'm saying it sucks this is just not interesting. It feels like because there's the one championship, the Cruiserweight Championship, it's this one show. It's an hour show, right? It's an hour. It's an hour? Yeah. It's an hour. It's an hour. And it's just not interesting. I don't know. I just don't. I don't know. Is that you don't, you don't find the storylines interesting? I don't know. I guess because, yeah, the storylines are not interesting. The only storyline that I know about is... Wanting to be the cruiserweight champion. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there's no skin in the game. You know what I mean? There's no reason to, you know. Well, Drew Gulak is really trying to show everyone his PowerPoint presentation about how uh, you shouldn't chant, you shouldn't do high flying, about how he wants to make 205 Live better. And he only has like 272 more slides to show us, but he keeps getting interrupted. Well, I don't know what to tell you, Rich Riz. I don't know if I got to go over there, and I, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to. And to, to, to put the fans through this is cruel and unusual. It's just wrong. Maybe you get another writer. Uh, just email. All the contact information is on the Facebook page. So figure it out. I that's that's all I could say. Like I guess what the argument could be made. Oh, it's only an hour. We only have one storyline we can really forward. You know they got Drew Gulak's thing, and uh, did they drop gentleman G- Gall- His thing is he because he's a heel now. It doesn't matter. He's still a gentleman. He has new music. Yeah, I get it. But like, what's so him and Brian Kendrick are just cool forever? Well, they're cool now. It's a matter of whatever. It, it was. Eventually, one of them wants to be champion. Right. There's no tag team cruiserweight champion, thank God. (laughs) Can't do all that in an hour. No, you can't. It's only an hour. That's why nobody cares about it, really. Alicia Fox hasn't been on in a while, thankfully. Yeah, because she's the captain of Team Raw. Yeah. The hat and the whistle. Does she have a whistle? She had a whistle, right? Or something. Probably. She she doesn't need a whistle. She has her mouth. Yeah. Who who won last year's... uh, women's thing did they have a i think raw one because charlotte was on there smackdown are you sure i'm i could have sworn charlotte said she led them to victory i think alexa said she was on the winning team last year and she was on smackdown last year 
All right. Well, let me see. I shit. Maybe yeah, because Becky was on the winning team too. Fuck, this is shit we should know already. It doesn't matter, I guess. Ah, memory. Yeah. Uh, I fail memory, you fail math. Oh, sh- God damn it. I forgot fucking Sprock and Goldberg. Alright. Yeah, that was pretty good. Oh, yeah, Team Raw did win. Yeah, see, I know because Charlotte was on there. Alright. It was Charlotte, Foxy, Bailey, Nia Jax, and Sasha with Dana Brooke. Beating Alexa, Becky, Carmella, Naomi, and Natty. Where's Dana Brooke? Around. Probably lifting weights. She's uh one step above Emma. Yeah, for now. Yeah. I'm trying to think. So they dropped the titles off Rollins and Ambrose so they could do the Shield versus the New Day. Which I think is a better move. Than having them face the tag team champions. No, I don't want to see the Usos versus Ambrose and Rollins. Right, so Usos are going to face the bar. Which means... Which, which I think is a better match. Usos are going to work face then. Which sucks. Can they? I think they're really, really entrenched in this heel thing. I don't know if they're heels. I really don't feel like they're heels. Like, they don't get booed. They get cheered. And, like, people like them. And the way they cut their promos now, it's kind of face-ish. It's weird. I don't know what they are. They're in a good place right now for them. Maybe they will work face. Well, Cesar and Sheamus aren't. You can't have both of them work face. That's boring. They I mean, I guess you can. Are. Now, I get it. There's purists out there. It doesn't matter if they face or heel. They could just make a good match because wrestling is what matters. <laughs> Listen, you indie asshole. I need fucking story. I need I need teams that don't like each other. Which is great that the Shield is going to fucking kill the New Day. I mean, they should. I agree. Um, the New Day aren't known for the kind of brutality and pack mentality that the Shield are. Granted, the shield now is different from the shield three years ago, but I think that the, their experience only made them better. Like now, like if one of them gets taken out during the match, it's it's not as big of a loss because like they've all done had their singles careers, so they can make up for it better. Yeah, but just hold on a second. If you even look at look at each person on the team, every person on the shield has been WWE champion. Yeah. The New Day have been tag team champions. Big E was in the Continental Champion at one time. But he was Big E Langston. It's a different guy. Right. Kofi mm-hmm. was US champ. Exactly. So I don't... Woods is Paige's champ. Well, not a lot of people can say that that we know of. So, <laughs> you know, who's to say? So I think uh, the advantage is the Shield. Shield definitely wins that. Brock's gonna beat AJ, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, I can't like unless there's interference or something. I can't see, I can't see AJ going. I love it. I'm a. I love AJ Styles. I've talked to you about AJ Styles for years. I just don't see Vince but, yeah. letting AJ go over Brock. Also, it's way too much of a mismatch. There's, like, I don't. Let let let's say it was a real fight. 
I don't think AJ has an answer for Brock. It's the two different weight classes. Way different. It's cruiserweight. Brock's a heavyweight. Yeah, it's it's featherweight and light heavyweight or heavyweight. Doesn't work. Yeah. So this year, see, I'm I'm really starting to think that Shane set Daniel Bryan up. I really feel like that's the case. I don't think Kurt Angle would do that. And I think he said he wasn't responsible for that. He didn't even set that up. Maybe it was just Kane. I think maybe. Maybe. I'm I'm really thinking it's a setup. I think they might do Shane versus Daniel Bryan. If he gets cleared. If he gets cleared, but I think they might clear him. But, you know, like, we didn't know the angle got cleared until they announced, oh, shit, he's wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, you know. Bree is still saying in interviews, and and Brian's also still saying in interviews that he's uh he's still trying to get cleared. Kenny Omega is wrestling Chris Jericho, so really, oh, anything yeah. can happen. Like how do how did we not even talk about that yet? Because I thought it was I thought it was such big news that I didn't need to put it in my news. But holy shit, Wrestle Kingdom twelve, it's a must see. So that would mean that Chris Jericho had wrestled and WrestleMania and Wrestle Kingdom in the same year. Yeah. Who can say that? Nobody. Nope. That's the answer you can say. <sighs> Who goes over? You say Kenny. Kenny Omega, right? What if that just sets up the rematch? What if it's a series? Well, it's it's for the IC title. You mean the United States Championship? No, the IC. It's, they have an Intercontinental Championship? Yeah, it's the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. That's weird. I'm pretty sure that's the Intercontinental belt he has. Like they should let there. Jericho win it. That would be great. Unless it's just a one-off and it's like, whatever. Who cares? Could be. Yeah, those guys are really trying to do some different shit over there. Putting Jericho out there. Tyson Smith is his real name. That doesn't even sound like a real name. That sounds silly. So it's so Chris Jericho is calling himself the Alpha. Yeah. Which is good. good. The only Chris Jericho could come up with that shit. What what oh, sorry, what? you you were correct. He is the IWGP United States heavyweight champion. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. So two guys from Winnipeg are gonna fight each other for the uh in Tokyo. I- in Tokyo. That's it's gonna be great. <laughs> the United States Championship. Hopefully that match is not four hours long like the last fucking match I saw from over there. I can't wait. I don't care. I will watch four hours of Chris Jericho versus Kenny You're Omega. Fucking out of your mind. Am, You're man. not gonna watch four hours. You're gonna watch fucking ten minutes because most of it's gonna be you and your fucking stupid game. You fucking WWE no, something like champions this. matching gems shit. No, s- something like this. My my eyes are fucking peeled. Great. Uh, Wrestle King. The la- the only other Wrestle Kingdom I watched was Wrestle Kingdom Nine. I watched some of Wrestle Kingdom. I don't remember if it was ten or eleven. It was the one where um ah oh, the two I hate for Ring of Honor uh. Kevin Kelly, yeah, and Steve Carino, yeah, were announcing it. I and I, I hate them so much I couldn't watch it. Well, maybe you need to stop hating. I need them 
to stop giving me reasons to hate them. You can mute the TV. I could, but I won't hear the impacts. Right. I won't hear the silent fans. You don't think it would have the same effect if you didn't hear the impact of the ring? Right, it's different. There's, there's something else. Like, it's something, it's, it's another sense that is, that, it, um, is activated when you're watching. You watch and you hear. Are the it's mats mic'd up? Uh, everyone says no, but yeah. It has to be, right? Because we've gone to shows and you can hear it. Yeah. Like, you hear it from the PA. There's no way. There's a mic somewhere. It's gotta be. Um, yeah, I can't, I, I would rather, and I've done this, I would rather listen to, watch, and just hear the Japanese announcers, and I don't understand a word they're saying, but I'd rather not understand than hear Kevin Kelly and Steve Carino. It's a great way to learn Japanese, that or watch children's TV, pick one. Oh, I can't watch Japanese kids TV, I can't even watch anime. Like, I, I, I used to kind of, like, I used to not hate watching Dragon Ball Z with you back in the day. Like, it was like, alright, cool, I was, I'm following the storyline, following the storyline, but now, now just the, the characters annoy me. It's super now. What, it doesn't matter what it's called. It's a new one. It's a new one now. It doesn't matter. It's great. better now. I can't watch it. That's fine. Nobody's fucking asking you. I'm Listen. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Do we want to hit on three new UFC champs or no? Fucking, we can if you want to. I didn't watch it, so you can go ahead and do your little book report. Briefly. Holy shit. Anyone that saw UFC last week, what a fucking card. I, thankfully, I um blacked out after the, the GSP fight, but holy GSP shit. GSP strangled fucking Michael Bisping. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... I've always said that Michael Bisping doesn't really have what it takes to be champ because he would always put a couple wins together and then lose and put a couple wins together and then lose. He wouldn't really get on that kind of winning streak like someone like Anderson Silva or GSP or John Jones had. Like he couldn't he couldn't put it together. Now, it took until everyone that he couldn't beat was out of the division for him to finally win the championship. And what happens? GSP, one of the best in the world at welterweight, decides to come back after three years. His first fight in three years. And he's moving up in weight class when he typically walks around a lot closer to the welterweight weight class than middleweight. And he comes in and he chokes him out. And Bisbing is done. Yeah. I think he's going to fight again. Like, I I respect anyone that walks into that octagon. But Michael Bisbing just does like... Listen, continue to fight. I enjoy I enjoy watching you fight, but you don't have it. You don't you're not championship material. I'm sorry if you listen, you would kick my ass in in any sort of fight any day of the week. I understand this. And I, but I but this is my opinion. You're not championship material. GSP is just the man. Period. He's not the goat though. He's not the goat. Joanna Joanna lost in the first fucking round. In the first round to someone who I knew was a hot contender, Rose Namayunas. Thug Rose. Huh? Thug Rose. Thug Rose, that's what she calls it? Just like that. Fucking Cormier was fucking screaming that shit. Thug Rose! Thug Rose! (laughs) 
I, I had I had too much vodka in my ears. You were yeah, you missed out, man. Uh, there was that. There was that. What was the third time? Oh, um, fucking Cody Garbrandt. Yeah, right? No Love got his ass beat by fucking what's that pretty boy's name? Fucking pretty white boy Dillashaw. Yeah, yeah. Well, he Dillashaw took his belt back from the guy that beat him. Yeah, it's gonna be a rematch. It's gonna be a rubber match. Whooped his ass like. Bad. I I remember I watched. Dilshaw's... I don't remember if it was the first round. No, first round was Yen J check. She lost. But yeah, I th- I think they went a couple rounds. I don't, don't remember. I don't remember offhand, but yeah. Um, I remember watching Dillashaw's season of Ultimate Fighter, and I'm like, this kid is good. Yeah, but according to Conor McGregor, he's a fucking snake. That guy. Whatever. Isn't he a boxer now? What's he doing? He's fucking living the dream. He gave up one of the championships. Yeah, but nobody beat him for it. Right. He's that's, why, gonna, that's why I said he gave it up. I think the next fight for him... It's unpopular. But it's not a good fight for him. He's not going to do it. But the big money fight is McGregor Diaz 3. That's the big fight. That would be huge. That's the huge fight. Think, Everybody wants to see it. It's, it's a bad fight for Conor McGregor. If they if they put up enough money, he might. I think. Then fucking let's. All right, let's get crazy. Then, what are you gonna do? We you have. They said, Rich, Rich, Rich Deriz, We know you do a wrestling podcast, and you really, you've never been a fight in your whole life. Right. We want you to set up the main event. For the next MSG UFC, who are you going to put? Shit. I can't even answer that, honestly, because I'm... Like, I know who I like, and I only watch sparingly now. I'll tell you who I'll put. Okay. Give us Jerry on the spot. I'll put Conor McGregor mm-hmm. versus GSP. GSP is it? Let's go. Listen, that's... Alright, so McGregor typically fights at... What's his highest weight class? I don't know. Lightweight? Sure, whatever. He could go up. He his problem is cutting weight. He has no problem going up. Alright, so 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 he so he is the lightweight he's a lightweight champion. But that was upper weight class for him. That's so so well GSP is middleweight now. That's two weight classes. Come on, son. Come on. Come on, man. Come on, come on. GS, come on. to my knowledge, in MMA, at least in UFC, GSP is the only person that was so successful in one way class and then moved up and, at least thus far, has seen continued success. Everyone else, BJ Penn, uh, fucking Frank Mir, it wasn't different, it wasn't a different weight class, it was the same weight class, but, you know, Brock weighed like 30 pounds more than him. It, it doesn't work. Are we making money or what? We're going to make a fun fight or what? Come on. I, I got a buck to put on it. Fuck it. Let's throw out. Throw it out. Throw out the one, fucking rule book. One dollar, one dollar. Throw out the rule book. Give me GSP versus fuck Conor McGregor. Let's get uh, Conor McGregor versus Ferguson. How about My money that? will be on GSP. For, 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 uh, for, I forgot his first name. I'm thinking Tony Ferguson. Is Tony yes. Ferguson? Wow. Okay, I got He's that right. He's fucking good. He's good. I know the name. I can't picture him. He's fucking good. They should fight. Look, I don't know enough about UFC. I'm going to sound like an idiot. 
for the rest of the fucking shit. So yeah, great. Fucking Alright, so we had it was at the garden three we had three title fights, we got three new champions. This is literally a new world for the UFC. Doesn't say much. But GSP's got three more fights on his contract at minimum. So They're talking about maybe doing Mighty Mouse versus Dillashaw. But Mighty Mouse doesn't want to fight him. Which one would be going up in weight? Mighty Mouse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's honest. Like, it's, it's, it's not advantageous. It's disadvantageous, in fact, to go up in weight class. It is. And if you're the best at the weight class, why leave it? To be one of the few people that are dual champs? Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, that that's always been the motivation. BJ Penn wanted to take it from GSP. Connor wanted to take it from whoever, and he did it. He's a dual champ. GSP is the second... Uh, I guess third, really. Uh, third person to hold a UFC championship in two different weight classes. The first was Dan Henderson. Mm. Middleweight and light heavyweight, I believe. Or maybe light heavyweight and heavyweight. I think it was middleweight and light heavyweight. Good old Hendo. Alright, before Jerry on the spot falls asleep, let us regale you with where to find us. Yeah, stay, stay tuned to these next messages. I'm glad you made it through my fucking my shit. Talk to you guys uh, next week. Well, we're gonna talk. We're gonna do picks for Survivor Series. We'll figure out if there's gonna be a new champ. Probably not. And then uh, we'll go from there. We've reached the end of this exciting episode of the Basement Bookers podcast. And both Rich Deriz and Basement Chair really hope you enjoyed it. If you did. Feel free to leave a five-star review for us on iTunes. You can catch us on Stitcher and wherever podcasts are available. Feel free to check out the Basement Booker's Facebook page. Head over to Twitter if you want to contact us directly. It's the best way. Rich Deriz, R-I-C-H-T-H-E-R-I-Z, and Basement Jer. It's like Basement Jerk, but you take out the K. Thanks for listening, everybody. And the match of life is scheduled for one fall. So make it count. And do what the man says. Follow the bookers!